First of all, I wanted to say that this class is being learned as a special class for four Shalima for Mushkarus Bas Beladaba, Malka Dasabas Mushkarus, and Esther Belabas of Kayenta. They should have a four Shalima Bakaro. This class is also being learned and it's dedicated special Eloy Nishmas. Yitzchak Menachem and Ramir Halivi, Chandvar Bas Asher Enzel, Higamal Bas David, Yikusil Ben Moshe. Also, Aaron Nasan Ben Yishai Avram Ben Yitzchak Zev, his, uh, his yard site's coming up. And also, a special Eloy Nishmas, Aaron Meir Ben Shalom Ezra. Their Nishama should have an Aliyah. Okay, so this week is Parshish Kaisar. Now, we all know the law, the the storyline, right? We all know uh, whoever has any children or grandchildren or nieces or nephews, whatever little, how, let's just say preschools across the globe are all having mock weddings tomorrow, right? That's the Shabbos when Yitzchak marries Rivka. It's beautiful. It's exciting. And we all know the storyline, right? Avraham comes back from that Keda passing the greatest test of all time. And what does he see? His wife is Materis and he needs to bury her. And you know, the whole thing with Ephron and the B'nai Shet and Chet and, or Ches, however you say it. And um, we know the storyline. But what I'm going to bring to you today is actually what I heard from Rabbi Joey Haber. Things that we've heard, but like bringing it like on a, in a new way, like questions, not things that we've heard. I'm going to say questions that maybe we've had that he actually um, explains it very well and gives a certain sense of an answer, gives an answer to these questions. So, The question is like this. Avram Avinu passes the test of all time. He comes back, and like what I said, he is faced with a terrific, horrible tragedy. And I don't know about you, but I used to be like, what? Like, how could this be Hashem? How could you do this? How does this make sense? How could this be good? And really, the way Joey Haber like brings this out is amazing. If anyone wants to DM me, I'll send you the share that I heard this from. So you'll hear it from where I heard it from on tour anytime. Basically, we all have this idea of when we pass the test, what the end results should be like or what the reward should be, right? We've all had tests in our lives. We've all had where we were faced with a challenge and we were able to make the right decision or make the wrong decision. And sometimes we make the wrong decision. So we fall down, we get back up. That's normal. And sometimes we push through and we really make the right decision. So what happens in our minds, in the world we live in, it's like, I made the right choice. Now Hashem is going to send me the Yeshua because, you know, I said Nishmas for 40 days and I said it for 40 consecutive days. Hashem, come on, where's my reward, Right. Or I, you know, said the whole Tehillim the whole week, throughout the whole week for 40 days. Hashem, where's my reward? It's very normal that we think that way because I really think that that's how we feel. We feel that when we do the right thing, Hashem is going to bless us with tremendous bracha and shefa. Now, he said over this story where sometimes you do have it like that in life. He said the story that there was this girl who came over to him to ask him a question with a boy he was, she was about to get engaged to. And they were discussing whatever it was. And a few weeks later... He hears that this girl's engaged, but not to the boy that she came with to talk to him. And he's like, how'd that happen? Like, they were just about to get engaged, and then so quickly she's engaged to someone else. And when he met her, I guess whenever it was, he asked her, like, when, like you know, you're you're engaged, so nice, you know, and Mazel Tov, or Mazel Tov, or Mabrok, whatever they say, right? There was some. Anyway, 
Um, we're also awesome, okay? Svardim and Ashkenazim, we're all awesome. We're all Hashem's children. But anyway, okay. So um, she asked her, like, what happened? And he said, she said, well, Rabbi Haber, you don't understand. I really, I, I knew that really the boy that I came to with wasn't really right for me. And I knew my parents weren't really so happy. So I decided that I'm going to make the right choice and I'm going to break it off. And I broke it off. And you know what happened, Rabbi Haber? Two hours later, I met my chassan. So he was like, wow, okay, that's great. Congratulations, amazing. That's when we have, when we feel that we pass the test, right? She decided she's going to pass the test. Hashem was presenting her with this test. What are you going to do? Are you going to go ahead with it when you know really inside your heart that it's not good for you? It's not where you want to go in life. It's not really a good idea. What are you going to do? You're going to listen to your heart, listen to your mind. She listened to her mind. She broke it off. And then boom, Hashem sent her chasen. Sometimes it happens, but that's not really what life is about. Because if we understood what life's about, life's about that Hashem puts us into this world. So we can fulfill our tafkid. And Hashem sends us nisayon after nisayon to shape us and kind of guide us to lead us into the direction that he wants us to go to, right? Now, sometimes we see like a vision, a piece that's just very tiny and it looks very bad. Every, like, how could this be good? It looks so bad. But really, if we knew Hashem's chashbin, nothing Hashem does is bad. Everything Hashem does is good. But that's the point of our life. The point of our life is nisayon is to... Um, Pass test after test after test. Look at any team um, out there, the Giants, the Knicks, whatever it is, right? The Giants. Let's talk about the Giants for a minute, okay? I don't know if they'll win. I, I think they lost last, but remember when they won the Super Bowl? Remember all those years ago? It was such a celebration. It was amazing. They don't, they're they're not still standing high because they won a Super Bowl years ago. It's you win a game, then there's the next game. Then it's there's the next game, and then there's the next game. You have to consistently play your games and consistently trying your best to win the games to maintain your name, to be up there and celebrated and you know, whatever comes with that idea. I'm not so familiar. I know my boys love the sports, but you know, I, I know the concept. I have that concept. So we kind of have this idea that Hashem's gonna test us, but then we're going to you know sit back, relax, and enjoy the rest of the show and live happily ever after. That's not what it's about in Yiddishkeit. Hashem is constantly pushing us because he knows our potential and he wants to shape us and he wants to, sh we should shine and grow and become the best versions of ourselves. And the Nisiono says that we don't dive for, right? We say every day, Loli De Nisayon are actually what we go through, kind of, it's the process that kind of, you know, shapes us and, and we shine after and we really can become the best versions of ourselves. And that's really our goal. So Avram Avinu wasn't so surprised when he came back because it's like, okay, I passed one test and now there's another test. Of course, there's another test. So he didn't feel like, oh my goodness, how could this be? I was expecting to come home and there should be, you know, fireworks. You did it. Amazing, right? No, he wasn't surprised by it at all because he knows, he knew and he knows that the point of being in this world is to continuously pass the test that Hashem gives. So he wasn't surprised at all. He wasn't shocked. So now, now I know, now, now I don't feel the way I felt before I heard this. I used to feel like, how could it be? Now I understand it's all about the test. It's all about working towards a goal of becoming greater and greater. And that's really, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I know it's a fair again. It's true. It's really true. Again, we don't ask. And, the point of this class is not to is not to get you down. It's to prepare us that the next time we find ourselves in a challenge, in a challenging situation, not to be like, oh my gosh, like I thought, you know, I don't know, we do Shemir Selashon, or we, you know, I don't speak, we don't speak Lashon Hara, um, you know, it's brought down that if you, you know, you keep doing it, then 
It's like, yes, everything is good and everything is great. And there are times that Hashem rewards us in this world and there's bracha and shefa that we can tap into and Hashem can bestow upon us and that's all beautiful and well and wonderful. And it's okay to enjoy it. But if we're in a situation that we find that we're being tested, we should understand, okay, Hashem just wants more from me. Hashem just wants more from me and not to get upset as as upset. Right, we're still human, very human, and it's hard, easier said than done always. But just to have that kind of understanding that life doesn't work this way, that what that it's like always like a you know you do this for me and then I'm going to do this for you. We know Hashem has a bigger picture now. Something interesting to know is what I heard actually that he said yesterday on a different share, but just very like I just loved it. He said that when he was 13 years old, he went to the Staten Island Children's Museum, and I think 13 or 15, whatever, on a, on a Cholomite trip, and he said there was an exhibit that he remembers that he'll never forget. And now that he told said it over, I'll probably never forget. He said basically it was like this: you see this man, fancy man, slicked back hair and an expensive suit, holding a briefcase, walking to work. Okay. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, you see this African-American jump out of a car and shove him against the wall. So automatically, you're like, oh, my goodness, he's being mugged. Oh, my goodness, right? Okay, that's exhibit A. He goes over to exhibit B, same, the same um, um, vision, the same except, the same man with his briefcase, same hair, same suit, everything, walking to work, except the camera is much zoomed out. So you see a bigger picture, and you see that he's in San Francisco, and you know how, like, I think... The, the hill, the, the, the roads in San Francisco go like that, right? So you see coming where he's not seeing this, but you see that there's a boulder rolling down the hill and is about to hit him head on and smash into him. And then you see the African-American jump out, shove him against the wall. And you're like, oh, he saved his life. He's a hero, right? Right? Same story. We just didn't see the whole picture. So too, in life, we when we were confronted with Nisayun uh, after Nisayun, and we're like, oh my gosh, Hashem, like, I don't understand. How could this be good for me? Again, we don't see the whole picture. Hashem's zooming up. And we just have to remember that Hashem just wants us to try our best. That's all. And if we have this new understanding, we won't be so shocked and so frustrated when we are confronted with a test. But again, Hashem shouldn't. Hashem, please. We shouldn't be tested. We should. We still dive for that. That we shouldn't be tested. The next question is that there's this. We know that the pasuk says that Sari Menu's life. He, she was 127, and Kulan Shavin Latova. They were all equally good. Okay. First of all, we all know the whole concept, like 127. Okay, but they're all good. Like if anyone remembers, she was taken away. Very young. She had to leave her father's house. That's pretty traumatic, right? She was abducted by Paro. Pretty traumatic there. She was abducted again by Avi Melech. She didn't have a child till she turned 90. Hmm. I don't know. How could that be good? Can I know everything Hashem does is good. But also for us to understand, I also had this question. How could it be good? Now, again, she had the same attitude like Avraham. She was never surprised by the challenge. She knew it was coming to help her. But it was good because she was basically tying in together the whole 120 and 7. He um, categorized their three stages of life, of a person's life, right? The first stage is childhood. The second stage is young adult, adult. And the third stage is old age. So you would say a child child is like, you know, the prime age is 7, right? They're like a child. And what does a child need? A child is just obsessed with 
nonsense. He's, he, she just loves to spend hours playing with her dolls, with her toys, the magnetiles, building the menchies. And like, that's all. They're just happy. And it's just a bunch of nothing. They're just really kind of just cruising through, right? We try to give them the best childhood that they can. They should feel safe and love and secure. And they should, you know, learn good habits, learn, you know, good manners, brush your teeth every night, every morning, go to sleep on time, right? All these things. We just try to get them through. But they're really busy with a bunch of nonsense. And that's, and, and they're, you know, that's what they spend their time doing. Then you kind of transition to adult. And all of a sudden, the materialism starts to come through. And it's, we're into a lot of stuff. Stuff like cars, renovations, you know, um, get, getting into seminary, getting into college, getting a job, getting married, building a family. Like, we're very busy with stuff. And it's a lot of materialism at that stage of life. But it's, you know, again, materialism that we, you know, that we raise and we elevate and becomes, you know, ruchnius. I, I, I just said the wrong chazal. That's not the right chazal. Um, um, you know, the, the, the chazal that you take what's not ruchnius and you make it ruchnius. That chazal. That's what I meant. Kids not coming to my head now. But anyway, right. So you could take all the materialism and, and elevate it, right? But we're very busy with it. I'm very excited about it. It's like exciting. It's fun, right? It's like it's like what we're doing. We're very busy. And then comes old age. Old age is wisdom. It's at the end of the day, Koheles, it says, Sof davar hakol nishma. That at the end of the story, that's when we can finally, that's when we can hear. That's when we can understand. At that point of age, I think it's from like age 70 and on, right? It's past, um, it's like, it's that stage of, of realizing like, okay, it's not, you know, so important. And you have the wisdom, right. That we wish we had when we were younger. So we'd maybe be a little, you know, more smarter when we're dealing with certain things. But again, this is how Hashem raised the world, um, um, raised the world. This is how Hashem created the world, right. The famous, you know, youth is wasted on the young. I I, I think of that sometimes because, you know, Baruch Hashem, I see the youth and, and, you know, and, and, and you appreciate things. You don't appreciate things as much when you're younger. And then as you get older, you appreciate more, but this is again, the way Hashem makes it. And this is how it's supposed to be. And everyone's supposed to make mistakes and be silly and not, and, and care about things. Maybe they shouldn't care about and grow up and realize that they cared about things. They shouldn't be care. It's all, it's all good. It's all good. Again, Hashem just wants us to try our best. That's really it. Like it's not, that's the, that's the goal. But in any event, so what are we talking about here? Basically when the Rashi says it when she was a hundred, it was like she was 20. When she was 20, it was like she was seven, that she had all the positive attributes of all the stages of all the ages at once. She, when she was seven, she had the wisdom when she was a hundred. When she was 20, she had the innocence of when she was seven and the wisdom. She, she was, she just had the everything of everything, the good of everything all at once. She was even killed. She was calm. She didn't get upset. She didn't get ruffled. She was all, by all her ages and stages. It was all good. So to her, her life was good. It was very good her life because she wasn't excited when she a test came her way she knew what her tough kid that that she was here for a purpose and and she was all she was good with that she was okay with that and then the final question i'm going to end with this that i actually heard from a teacher that i worked with mrs oziri she's fantastic i forgot what she heard she heard it from but the question of you know we know sorry mean went through so many tests in life and she had tremendous amun and bitachon so all of a sudden she sees a vision that like the Satan painted, right? That the giant saw, it wasn't real, a picture of Yitzchak on an Akeda and he repeated it to her and she passed out and like couldn't handle it. Like what? You couldn't handle that? Like you handled everything. How could, where, where did, where did your moon and Bitochum go? Like how, what, how did, like what? Good question, right? So the answer I'm going to share with you is one that I just heard today. 
that the way the Pasuk describes her neshama leaving, it uses the Lashon Pracha Nishmata, that her neshama just gave out. But what's the word pracha? It means a parach, like a flower. Her neshama blossomed when she saw the vision of her son and her husband fulfilling the akedah sitrak, or what it seemed. She filled with so much joy, her heart just became so joyous, she couldn't believe it that her children, are, her son, was, she raised her son to be on that level. She she stood by her husband together and raised their, their son Yitzchak, and he was able to achieve to be on such a level of greatness to allow his father to put him on the Akedah and to fulfill this Nisayon. She felt such joy that she said, ah, oh, I did it. I did what I accomplished what I needed to accomplish. My time here is done. There is nothing more for me to do here. I accomplished and it's wonderful. And now it's time for me to go to the next world where, you know, the Olam HaMS and her neshama just gave out like a flower. It blossomed like a flower. I don't know. I felt that such a positive twist. It's so positive how like it wasn't like, oh, I can't handle it. It was like, wow. Well, I actually, I, I was able, it, like, it was like the ultimate naches for her to see. And obviously, again, she's on a level, right? We want to see naches and we want to live to see the naches till 120 and everyone should, healthy and well. I mean, but for her, that was her reaction. She was so joyous to see that this is a child she raised and it was tremendous naches for her that her neshama, her, that pracha nishmata. I just thought that was very interesting. Rabbi Joey Haber gives a different um, answer to that. Because he also had that question. Because I came into the teacher's room and I, ha- I said, I have to share with you such an unbelievable idea that I heard. And then I asked, did you ever wonder, like, how was it that Sarah's neshama just gave out? Like, she went through so much. How, like, and she said, oh, I have a good, I have a good answer for that also. And then she told me her answer, and I was so excited. And now, so I'm sharing it with you. Um, but now I'm gonna just share the one that Rabbi Joey Haber says. I forgot where he 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 says that. Tests that Hashem gives us, we're able to pass because Hashem gives us the tools. Now, again, I don't recommend anyone ever telling someone when they're going through something that Hashem doesn't give you anything you can't handle because at the time when someone's going through a test and someone's going through Nisayun, they just want their friends to stand by them and feel the pain with them. Feel it. That's what we need to do when a friend is going through something or someone we know is going through something. But for us, for ourselves to know that when we're going through something, to remember, Hashem doesn't give us something we can't handle. So all the tests that Sarah went through that she aced, Hashem gave them to her. When she saw that vision of her son being, that wasn't real. It was in her head. She, she saw, but it wasn't real. How many times do we put ideas into our heads that are not real they didn't happen yet. We think it's going to happen. We think we have it all figured out that this is going to happen and I'm not going to get into this and, blah, 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 and then this is going to happen. And so I might as well not even bother going to the interview because like I'm never going to work a day in my life. What? We make up stories in our minds and you know what happens? Our stories become our reality because what our, our thoughts are like, what no, are, are, even though we, we're thinking of something, but our thoughts are across our forehead. And it's just something to know that we should not, we should work on not thinking things that didn't actually happen. I feel that, that like, like we get nervous that something's going to happen. So we're thinking about it and then no, 
That's why she wasn't able to pass this test. So obviously the two ideas of this question have like complete opposite ends of the spectrum answers. One is that she was so joyous and so so proud and she just said, oh, my ta- my my work is done here. I don't, there's nothing for me to do here anymore. I fulfilled my tafkid and she and her neshama blossom. And this, now this shot is saying that, I, I, I usually have it sourced, I don't remember, um, um, is saying that how she just kind of, it was her own idea that she put into her head that it wasn't from Hashem, so she didn't have the tools to withstand. Very interesting. But the main thing is, I think also, that we learn, being that we're talking about tests and we're talking about nisyonuses, is that the only thing we can control is our reaction to how we deal with it, how we accept it, what we take with it, how we act and react. Our children are all watching, our friends and families all watching, and they look to us and how we take when, when something goes, you know, especially when we have it in our mind, because again, we're very human that like, I just did, I just completed this. I just did. I was so nice to her. I didn't really want to include her and I included her. Hashem, why is this right? Or whatever it is that, you know, you know, I really, I just, I was, I was working so hard on this Mita and I'm, I'm really working on it and I'm really getting it. I'm really like under control. It's like Hashem, I thought like if I work on my Midos, then, you know, you'll treat me to like, and, and, and bring the brach on the Shefa. So, Again, it's all I keep reminding I'm saying it over and over because I feel like we have to keep reminding ourselves that it's normal way to think, and that's how we are programmed as being human that we are. But to just remember not to be not to be excited about it, to to have this new idea, this new perspective that really it's shaping us and it's making us greater. And we should try not to imagine that something is happening that is much scarier than reality, than what actually is happening, right? Because that in itself will knock you down. And we should try to say, I got this. Because our life is like Sari Imenu, where, where, where um, every single day, no, I'm sorry. No, that's how I'm ending. And so I'm giving everyone a bracha that we should be able to say, that our life is just as equally good, just like Sarah Imin was able to say that her life was equally good. Have a good Shabbos. Thank you for listening. See you next week.